Yay. After some technical difficulties, we are back in. We are back into our account to record the podcast this week. It was a little scary there for a second. We thought maybe we wouldn't be able to put on an episode because our account with Squadcast wasn't working, but thank goodness their customer service team is on it. They are incredible and they got us back in. So we are here to record for you this week. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I'm super hungover. Are you happy to be here, though? I am happy to be here. I'm lying. I'm, like, actually miserable, but we're... we're, (laughs) Please stop. And then it's your own fault because... (laughs) Wait, okay, what were you drinking last night to be hungover? Well, we were day drinking. I had a friend's birthday in Central Park, and I had some kombuchas, and then I switched to some vodka because the owner of this restaurant was kind of hooking us up. And then I had a date planned for Wednesday and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see if he's available tonight. And I feel like continuing drinking on my couch and listening to music. This is what I do with men. Famous last words. He was available. He came over. I was like, okay, yeah, just come over. And this is our first date. And I'm, and I was like, you know what? I just feel so gross. I'm going to shower. So I shower before he gets to my apartment and I have no makeup on wet hair and I'm wearing pajamas, like a t-shirt and like Sophie shorts. And I was like, I feel like you're going to feel catfished when you get here because I look like a wet rat. And no, he, he thought I looked nice, but I think my new thing is Going on dates straight out the shower, not even bothering to get dressed or ready. So there are a couple of different types of girl hot that exist to men. And a guy that I used to date told me this once because I had that same same feeling. Like I always kind of like to get like dressed up when I'm first dating a guy. I want to be cute. I want to make an effort. Like that's a way that I know I'm really into him is if I want to make sure that I'm like, okay, I'm on it. I'm like, I'm, I look really cute today. He came over once and I was just like hair in a ponytail and didn't have any makeup on, had my glasses on. And I was just like, I probably look disgusting to you right now. Like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, no, this is like somehow like hotter than when you actually put in efforts. There's different kinds of hot. I think they like both. But I think for some men, it's honestly more attractive to give them like the natural look. Can you hear yes. that? Yes. Literally the second we start recording, my cat has lost his mind. Yeah, That's Waverly. He's so upset. I put more bird seed in the bird feeder outside of his window so he could watch the birds. Yeah. And there's been one fucking with him all day. Jesus Christ. Of course. I'm sorry. They couldn't have done this when the, the recording wasn't working. Let this be a lesson if you are in the dating pool with, with Miss Chaz. Give the men your natural look sometimes. Just see what happens. Sometimes they like it. For a first date, though, it definitely is different. That was my first time not putting any effort into my appearance on a first date. I think you have to be like a certain level of drunk to not care that much. I was a (laughs) high level of intoxicated. But, you know, again, how many times am I going to say I cannot day drink? How many times are you going to say it and not learn it? Not going to do anything about it. Still going to repeat the same pattern great first of all what is this jam experiment that you wrote like four paragraphs in our notes app about what is this oh this applies to dating 
researchers have found that the more people purchased jam, what? More people purchased jam when there were fewer options of jam available. The less flavors of jam, people were more likely to buy it. And this applies to dating. Because... What the fuck are you doing? I have no idea what I wrote. I said, most have supported the notion that more options debilitate consumer decision making. So, with dating apps, the more options we have, the less likely we're we are to choose one person to commit to because we have so many options, just like with jam. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. You like quoted a research study and then tried to make it apply to online dating. It does because when you buy jam, (laughs) you are also buying a man. You're more likely to buy more of it when you have less flavors. I have no idea what I mean. I don't know what this means. This is the worst thing you've ever tried to do. Couple up for this episode. I really don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about decision paralysis. Is that the is that like the connection here? Yeah. Do you know what that is? I'm guessing when you can't make a decision, you're paralyzed. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have too many options sometimes. Just like when you're Looking at the jam, have you ever in your life had like a difficult jam decision? Yeah, oh, all the time. When I explain, when I go, I like to collect specialty homemade jams. Like when I would, no, you fucking don't. What are you talking about? The last one I got was a rose strawberry from. This- you can't even lie. I'm not lying. I'm gonna take a. I'll show you after that's over. You're gonna feel real. Hold it up. Show me now. Okay. Be right back. Oh, Jesus Christ, you do have a bunch of jams in there. Strawberry preserve. The one on the the left. You're one of those crazy psychopaths that keeps your nut butters in the fridge, aren't you? Um, You know, I never realized I did. Here are my thoughts on online dating this week. Men of the world, if you are on a dating app such as Hinge or Tinder or Raya or Bumble, please, for the love of God... Show your profile to a trusted girlfriend, not like your girlfriend, because <laughs> you shouldn't be on the app if you have one of those, but a friend who is a woman. Show your dating profile to her, even if it feels really vulnerable, even if you're scared to do it, because she will give you the best advice on which photos are acceptable and which photos are not. She will tell you the truth about whether or not you should be using certain photos because I see so many bad dating app photos. A bunch of my friends here in Austin are on the apps and they keep showing me these guys and they're just like, oh God, like, is that really what he looks like? And I'm like, you know, you kind of have to assume the worst looking photo of the guy is on the app. Like you can't really go based on that. You kind of have to go based on the best one because men don't know how to take photos of themselves. So you need a girl to give you some perspective, a trusted friend, because your boys, they don't know either. They're just going to hype you up no matter what. They're going to say, oh, yeah, dude, like, of course she wants to date you. But they're lying. And they also don't know what they're talking about. So talk to a girl. I've been seeing some insane profiles lately. Don't you ever just want to tell a guy, like, message him, even if you're not interested in dating him or really, like, talking to him? Sometimes I just want to message them and be like, hey, do something different. 
you're probably not getting very many matches. This is probably why, like, as an objective looker on, you could do something different. It would probably work better for you. I just, I want to help them. Every man for himself. If you're ugly, you're ugly. I mean, I can't help you. I don't think it's they're ugly though. I just think some guys like they're just trash at what photos they pick. I told my ex that he looked dehydrated and depressed in his dating app. I tried to help him. That's what I'm saying. He does look bad in his photos. There's and potential there. Well, I gave him constructive feedback. That's what I'm saying. A trusted female friend to just give you some advice and point you in the right direction and give you some pointers on this is how you catfish someone on a dating app. There you go. Now should we talk about Britney? Yes, now we can talk about Britney Spears. Okay. First of all, I'm guilty of formerly making fun of her because of her batshit Instagram posts when we were all like, before all this was more of an expose and we just were baffled by everything going on. I used to like repost and make fun of her and then I just feel bad for that. I never realized you were making fun of her. It was more so just reposting weird things she would do, but like that's like exploiting her. So I don't like that. Idea. I thought it was because you genuinely loved her. Well, it's a bit of both, but I don't think my intentions were good. Also, I think we need to start realizing we need justice for Lindsay Lohan too. I was watching an old interview. He was like making fun of her for going to rehab and invasively making her discuss it in in a derogatory way and she even said we didn't talk about this in the pre-interview and you could see she was uncomfortable but yeah we need justice for Lindsay too and amanda bynes the world was so cruel to amanda bynes and he was phenomenal in hairspray with your favorite actress nikki blonsky (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that was the last like great thing that happened in her career But Hairspray wasn't really that long ago. And then she kind of went off the deep end. But, like, there was no support for these, like, female rising stars back in the day. And I think Britney is probably the most tragic example because neither of them lost, like, autonomy over their own lives. Lindsay Lohan is living on an island in Greece somewhere, like, living her best life with her, like, rich-ass boyfriend. She's fine. Amanda Bynes. Never forget when she had that weird-ass boyfriend and a face tattoo and claimed that she was pregnant and then I don't think actually was pregnant within the same week. Um, But, like, she seems happy or she was happy at the time. Yeah. But poor Brit just doesn't have any of that. And now, have you looked at her Instagram, like, in the last couple of days? I saw the post of her finally acknowledging everything. So I don't know if that's been taken down because I was just looking for it. And there was a new post up that was from like within the last 24 hours. The fairy tale one? Yeah. And at this point, I can't really figure out, is she actually running her own account now? Or is it still her social media manager? Who is putting these statements out? Because I don't know who to believe because for so long, she was putting out these statements via her Instagram saying, I'm so embarrassed. Everyone feels bad for me and I'm fine. And that wasn't true, obviously. So now it's like, I feel like we can't believe anything that's on her social media. Yeah, they did take the post down that the post she put up of her acknowledging the conservatorship was taken down. And now there's like this fairy tale weird post that's like just as weird as all the others. And now I'm wondering, a 30 something year old woman does not post how she posts. Like it just seems like 
Right. It was meant to discredit her, the way that they phrase things, right. the like speech patterns that they use in those captions. It is meant to make her seem crazy, incapable. And like her mental capacity is that of a child because that's what it comes across like. Whereas you heard her in her own words, in her own real voice with her little accent, but it was a way lower pitch than she usually uses when she's like performing. But her real voice and you heard the words that she wrote herself in her statement. And she sounds completely coherent, like an adult woman who knows what the fuck is going on. And she was, I don't know, it was so powerful. And like, just infantilizing her via Instagram caption is so messed up. Infantilizing is a good way to put it. Because also we have to remember if she's on lithium consistently, if I was on lithium, I would be posting weird shit too on Instagram. So even if it is her, it's still not her. Maybe you are on lithium. <laughs> I feel like I am right now. I feel like I'm I'm just like fucking out of it. But uh yeah. I don't know. I just I really, really hope that this goes in her favor. I can't imagine how it couldn't at this point. Well the judge already denied it. It's the same judge, so it I don't know. It is, but it's just I don't know. How could you possibly do nothing when the whole world is watching? Well, when you have doctors filling out the paperwork needed to support the conservatorship, like doctors who, who knows if they're like allegedly being paid or in on it or getting a cut or something, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of corrupt shit when a lot of money is involved. So a judge has to honor medical records. It's so messed up that a doctor can be that easily corrupted. Well, who knows? I mean, it could be brainwashing it could be stockholm syndrome it could be drugs like it it could it could be a number of factors playing into why this is continuously going on and why a judge has ruled i mean sure if someone's on lithium they probably shouldn't be able to do something but like why does she need to be on lithium she doesn't Exactly. And now, did you see Jamie Spears went live or like posted something to Instagram being like, I don't stand to gain anything from this, da-da-da-da-da. It's like you were directly named as like a beneficiary of her trust (laughs) if she can't have her own money that you get it. So bullshit. Right. (laughs) Like they are all fully culpable in my opinion. Jamie Spears should go to jail 100%. He's an evil person. Like like Brittany described it, it what, how is this any different than sex trafficking? Minus, obviously, the sex portion. But as far as kidnapping and controlling, it's it parallels so much. Like that should – someone does need to be held accountable, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know where her boyfriend falls in all of this. I want to know if he is – somewhat in cahoots with Jamie because I feel like he would have had to play a pretty strong acting role with Jamie in order to even get close to Brittany like Jamie must have had to believe that Sam was on board with whatever he wanted to do to Brittany so I don't trust him either but Sam has publicly stated that Jamie like quote I'm pretty sure this is a quote Jamie is a dick so I don't know. Maybe it is interesting. If she can't get close to female friends, I'm surprised they would let her get close to this guy. There was rumors he was paid, a paid companion. Mm-hmm. or But, you know, we'll never know. For Brittany's sake, I hope it's genuine. But again, I don't see 
something's weird. Like something doesn't. I feel like she just she shouldn't, and she can't trust anyone who's being paid by her estate right now. Which is pretty much everyone, every single person she interacts with. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Um, free Britney. This podcast is fully in support of freeing Britney Spears. We hope that she gets her freedom back. Changing subjects. What is transference? Oh, it's just when, okay, when a person redirects some of their feelings or desires for another person to an entirely different person, or when they take past experiences and project them on current circumstances. And it's what I'm learning right about right now in school, like how to be a, a therapist. Like that's a huge part of it, transference and counter-transference. But it's just something to think about too, like how we constantly are bringing our past into our present and then make, allowing it to affect our future. And just kind of when, you're, when you start to learn about it, you become so hyper aware of how you do it, like how we do it so much. Like dating, I'm realizing that I do see people in my life consistently being affected by their past experiences and letting it hold them back with a lot of stuff. Is there a difference between transference and projection? Well, it's not so much projection as much as it is just repeating patterns. Like, oh, I had a bad experience with therapists in the past, so I don't want to go to therapy ever again. Or, oh, I was lied to by a, a boyfriend, like, so this new guy I'm dating must be a liar. Just situations like that. Like very simple, simple um, thing. Are you alive? <laughs> Can you get it together, please? I can't think of any words. I'm telling you, when I go to bed drunk, I just sleep so terribly. It's as if I didn't sleep at all. Cool topic. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. So I have a theory that manifestation is starting to teeter on OCD rituals. Like, it's getting too far. Like, people are like, journal, write every day, write what you want in your life three times, and then at noon, write it six times, and then before bed, write it nine times, and constantly repeat this mantra, or write the name of your crush over and over on a piece of paper and fold it and burn it. Like I'm like, this is, what's a, what is stopping this from being an OCD ritual? I see that. <laughs> well, if I, if I don't write down a... I will get this job 27 times a day on a, in a notebook. I then I can't be at peace. Like that that's OCD. It's definitely fueling some of those same tendencies like you feeling like you have to do it otherwise it won't happen for you. That isn't true. It's an OCD ritual. I used to have OCD so bad as a child and I Me too, man. It went undiagnosed for years and it was so just crippling. I would wake up and have to – because the, the school, the religious school, they made me think if you don't pray, everything will go mm-hmm. terribly wrong. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't have my parents die. I would wake up in the middle of the night and say like 50 prayers over and over. I would do the same thing. That's wild. Yeah, it's like a fear-based way of living. But I'm like, what is – manifestation is just really reminding me of that time in my life. Like I'm not writing something down over and over again. That's fucking insane. It's a really interesting parallel that you're identifying there. I've never really thought of it like that. And I don't know. I don't know anyone who takes manifestation that seriously. Do you know anyone who actually writes 
things down over and over? Like in your real life, do you know anyone who does this? I feel like people are probably too embarrassed to admit that. Hmm. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just keep seeing it all over TikTok over and over. And it's just more and more rituals they say to add on. And it's just, I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. This is out of control. I think maybe you've just gone too far down the rabbit hole of manifestation TikTok. Maybe. I do worry about the youth though, because the way that TikTok is impacting our brains, I saw something recently and I really identified with it. It was like my attention span has gotten so short that I can now no longer do a three-minute task without first finding a podcast to listen a to. A podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is so relatable because- So relatable. I can't even take a shit without having TikTok up. Yeah. I'm wiping and the TikToks are on a loop. And I'm like, I can't, and I'm looking at it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm glued to it. But also- I'm watching TV and I find myself pausing it because I get so and rewinding because I'm so distracted because my TikTok is training me. Like even some of the TikToks, I'm like, oh, I wish I could fast forward through this to get to the end. I'm like, it's a minute long. Like I really can't sit through a minute. Same. This is a, TikTok has changed the way that our brains work. It has changed our attention spans. I'm sure there's a way to detrain your brain as well, the same way that we've now like trained our brains to expect this from social media and culture and the world. You have to be able to work on your attention spans. And I think there's something to be said for self-discipline in that way. I worry about kind of the youth of the world and like, will they all be diagnosed with ADHD? But it's not real. It's just they don't have discipline in their minds. And I guess maybe that's a bad way to look at it because I'm sure that was like an antiquated way before ADHD was commonly diagnosed to kids. But I do think we're a pretty over-medicated society in America for things that don't necessarily need medication. They just need a little bit more skill and training and like using your brain as a tool the way it's meant to be used. But just if you think about how many hours a day we're either looking at a laptop or a phone or a TV, it's like from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. That's why when I'm out with friends, I can't stand when they're on their phones Mm -hmm. because I'm like, this is a true addiction. We can't just like right now I have my screen right here. I have this screen and then I have my TV. It's like I need constant stimulation. And you're out with friends or with a group of friends and everyone's just sitting there on your phone. You're not even (laughs) enjoying one another's company. You're not interacting with one another. Everybody's just more concerned with the photo they're posting or texting someone else who's not there or checking social media. We got to figure out other shit to talk about. We got to figure out other shit to do with our time. I'm literally on Instagram right now. I want to say something else about Britney Spears. All right. We all made fun of her for her shitty extensions and how like she when she shaved her head, I always had this theory that she has like suffers from tr- and allegedly suffers from trichotillomania, which is Is that where you pull your hair out? It's like a form of OCD. Speaking of OCD, I used to do it to my eyelashes when I right after my dad died. I used to do it as a child here and there, but after my dad died, I like ripped out all of my eyelashes. And it was so 
just affecting at my confidence, like everything. It's really hard to put on makeup when you don't have eyelashes, but I thought about it. It's very common to have it's lashes, um, eyebrows or hair on your head. And I always, a lot of people who have trichotillomania who pull out their head hair end up shaving their heads because they're, that's the only way they can stop pulling because there's nothing to pull. And I always wondered, like, why was her hair, why did she have terrible extensions? Why was her hair always in such a, in shambles? And I was thinking, oh, I bet she was always pulling it. It's a stress coping, coping mechanism. It's possible, I suppose. I thought when she explained why she shaved her head, didn't she tell people, I just don't want anyone to touch me anymore? I don't know, but a lot of people have tricked, like, I never admitted, I think this is the first time I've ever like publicly admitted I had trichotillomania, but it's very shameful. Like it's very embarrassing and shameful and it's not something you would admit. Yeah. So typically, um, but yeah, I just always had that theory that she suffers from that. Does it hurt to pull your own hairs out? It feels so good. You get like a dopamine rush. It's like a release. I compare it to if you have a splinter and you pull it out, that feeling, it's it's a, it's truly addicting. I did have to pull out my own eyelashes when I had my like fucking bootleg lash extensions on because the glue wouldn't come off and they looked like shit because half of them had fallen out and the other half were still stuck on. So I had to like with my nail, like chip away at the glue to get them to come off. And it pulled a bunch of my eyelashes out that I'm still regrowing a year later. Pro tip. (laughs) Please stop giving yourself lash extensions. I somehow got over my trick, but I had it for about, I'd say like, I think two years really bad. And then all of a sudden I just stopped. I think I was just, I I would be sad because I would stop for like three weeks and I would have stubs growing back and then I would have an episode like just get super stressed out and just completely rip everything out again. Do you know when it stopped? Um, no. It's so weird. It's like that time in my life is just a blur. But the other day I found myself playing with my lashes and like one felt really tender and weird and I like pulled at it and I was like, oh my God. (gasps) happening again and I just immediately stopped because I was it's sometimes you don't even notice you're doing it Mm -hmm. until your eyelids are bald it's like biting your nails I bite my nails yeah I never really did that but um but yeah that's just my little input my theory also I saw this thing it's so on, on tiktok of course um and it said it's really weird to think mirrors are not natural. Like we were never meant to have mirrors. Like we we're never meant to know exactly what we look like. I think about something similar to that, not exactly that, but regularly when I'm having a moment where I don't feel super self-confident or my skin looks really bad on a particular day or I just know that like I don't look great. Sometimes I'll just tell myself, you know what? I don't have to look at me. I'm not the one who has to deal with looking at that all day. Somebody else, That's for somebody else to worry about. If they have a problem with it, that's on them. But like, <laughs> I don't have to look at it. So it's okay. Well, it's just weird. Like, it's also weird to think clothes aren't natural. Like, we were never meant to wear clothes. Like, imagine how many industries, if we didn't have mirrors, makeup industry, skincare, clothing, 
hair, hair care, like so much of the world would not exist. You could also say we were never meant to drive cars or take showers. We, were, <laughs> we yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow. I'm just having, I feel like I took more Delta eight. Chaz is going to go be a nudist now. <laughs> oh, I guess I can talk about my couch story. No, no one needs a rehash of that. We all saw it on Instagram. This Here's the thing. Ugh. There's Karens and then there's consumers who deserve a product that they paid for. You shouldn't be scared to complain or stand up for yourself when you're a paying customer. So I just notice people constantly throwing around the term Karen and they're scared. Like I'll be out and my friend will have the completely wrong order or like their drink. It's it's tastes like complete shit. You're like, well, I don't want to be a Karen. And I'm like, no, we are overcharged. We are paying customers. If someone used to work in customer service, fuck that. Stand up for yourself. It's not about being, being a Karen is when you're, you're unwarranted in your complaint. And you're just being dramatic and ridiculous and unreasonable. But you know, I bought a fucking couch for $2,400, paid $250 for white glove delivery. It arrived all torn in shambles. They wouldn't give me a refund of any sorts. I had to, And I waited months. I had to wait another like two months to get the replacement in. And then it was delivered without any legs and missing a pillow. But um, I was like, can you at least refund the $250 white glove delivery? Because it included assembly and the parts were missing. So it's, nothing's been assembled. And they're like, no, but we can give you 10% back, which is $100. I'm like, no, I. it's been four months and I still don't have an acceptable couch. But you, know, you have to stand up for yourself. Yes, I. <laughs> I work in hospitality. I have dealt with my fair share of... Karen variety. I also have dealt with my fair share of people who had valid complaints. And I will say there is a way to make yourself heard and voice your very valid complaint and demand what you want from a person or a customer service representative who is not the person ever who actually fucked up your order, who actually fucked up what happened to you. There's a way to do it that is polite, even if it's not going out of your way to be kind to that person. There's a way to do it that the bare minimum is polite to say, hey, this isn't what I ordered. I get it. It's not your problem, but this is what I need. And you can be really firm, but you can also be polite to the person. And I think the Karen term gets thrown around when it goes into like attacking someone or being not polite or being an asshole to them. Even though they literally, you know that that person has nothing to do with what happened to you. I have a please stop for this week. What is it? Uh, My please stop is about fast fashion. So again, this is such a huge thing with the Gen Z children, but I think it's also bleeding a little bit into our generation as well. It has been in our generation for a long time with places like Zara, all the way to like Shein or Princess Polly or some of these newer websites, these fast fashion sites where I get it, trends come and go so quickly. I think faster now than they ever have before. The trend cycle has gotten so short in terms of fashion. And I get wanting to look cute. I was even just saying this weekend, like I'm bored of all the clothes in my closet. You know, 
my impulse was to be like, maybe I'll go shopping or maybe I'll like look for something new or maybe I'll order something on Amazon. All of these fast fashion places, I just really urge you to think twice about what you're really supporting when you are supporting fast fashion. Because a lot of times people don't look that far into it. But again, like Chaz and I have said before, I did go to school for this I went to FIT in New York and I studied a lot of the fashion business industry and people don't know or they just don't do the extra work to like think about the labor practices in these factories and you know, okay, yeah, maybe I'll get something from Shein and it'll come from China and like it'll be shitty quality, but I'll wear it a couple times and get a cute Instagram photo. But you don't necessarily think more than that into the child labor that goes on in a lot of these places and the horrific working conditions where people are stuck in factories, literal sweatshops with no air conditioning, no meal breaks, no like health insurance or paid leave or, you know, if something happens to them, they're fucked essentially. And they make pennies for doing this work day in and day out all day long so that you can have your little crop top and take an Instagram photo. Like just think a little harder about what you're supporting. Think a little harder about where your money is going. And I'm not saying never buy from Zara or never buy from these places, although we probably all should move toward that. But just be a little bit more ethically minded as a consumer because there are small brands that you could support that you might pay a little bit more but you know that what you're supporting is a locally owned business or a you know a place that's supporting United States production and US jobs or at least just like ethical labor standards. I love Zara. <laughs> but can't bullshit. I love Zara. And I do too. I got a cute ass set from Zara like a month ago. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm above this. It's something to be mindful of though. Don't be an extremist and cut everything out, but just something to be mindful of. And like, I, there's another brand that Katie and I love reformation. Who's very ethically sourced. It is pricey though. And I understand it's not ideal for most, but just something to be aware of. But like, I'm still going to shop at Zara. I love Zara, but I'm also going to support local businesses too. I'm going to be, I'm not saying stop doing, you know, I'm not saying stop completely doing what you're doing, but just think about it and maybe do a little bit more research because if you know better, you do better. I also think a huge piece of this has to do with influencers nowadays because so many of them support these sweatshop businesses, you know, these fast fashion retailers. How many people do you know who are doing Zara hauls and misguided hauls and all of that? And, you know, they're selling this product, but they aren't even doing any of the self-reflection or the deep dive necessary on the businesses that they are supporting openly. And it's like, think about what you're really supporting when you're supporting these fast fashion businesses. Just take a second, think about it. I kind of scam Amazon, which is fun. Can you tell the people how to scam Amazon? Yeah, just return shit when you're done with it. (laughs) Like my textbooks, I don't think I've ever paid for a textbook and they're hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I am pretty far into my schooling, but when in my textbook, when I'm done with it, I'm always working ahead in school. So I don't need it that long. I just return it and they give me a credit and I use that credit or a refund. And then I use that to buy the next textbook again. And it got to a point where like one of my semesters is lasting longer and the return date was coming up. So I, 
bought the book a second time, returned the first one, had the backup waiting, and then I'll return that one before the semester's over. But I have a longer window. And I just continue to do this. And I get away with it. There you go, folks. Chaz may go to jail for fraud in the near future. So if she does... It's not illegal. Keep it, keep an eye on Chaz's social media. If she goes missing, she probably went to jail. No, I'm just savvy as shit. Like, I'm just good at saving money. And what I'm doing is not hurting anyone, nor is it illegal, nor is it against their terms. It's within the refund window. I don't highlight in the book. I return it just how I got it. Because other, because people are like, oh, I just am going to rent it so I don't have to pay. But I'm like, why don't you just buy it and then return it? You're renting it for free. I certainly believe in this for all kinds of things. I believe in return policies. Sephora has a great one, FYI. Oh, yeah, because now that they're not letting you sample, Mm -hmm. you can use as much of the product as you want. You still, just as long as you return it in, what, 30 days? Mm -hmm. Which is always, honestly, that's not a new policy. That has always been their policy is you can try a product at home for 30 days and you can return it for a full refund. Something about Sephora, though, if you use your points to get money off, like 500 points gets you $10 off, and you return the product, you don't get the points refunded. That makes sense. I fought them and I got it refunded, but it took a lot. Of course I did. Karen. God, such a Karen. These are the tips on how to be your best Karen from two white women. Yeah. I'm just constantly finessing. What can I say? Sometimes finessing the system is justified. In the case of Jeff Bezos and Amazon, always justified. In the case of massive corporations like Zara or Sephora, I have fully borrowed an outfit from like Nordstrom or and Zara before for an event. You buy the outfit. Doesn't matter how much it costs. Buy the expensive dress. Who cares? You bring it back. Wear it. Just keep the tags on. Or if you work in retail, use your handy-dandy little tag gun. Reattach the tags. Take it back. Get your money back. Reattach the tag. I used to do that. Just don't sweat in it or spill on it or, you know, like don't wear perfume that night. Make it, Don't make it obvious that you wore it. But they would never There's know. There's li- so many li- ways to save money and to get around things. <laughs> You just got to get creative. Exactly. I get a rush. I get a rush when my return goes through. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, I fucking did it again. I had to do it to him. This is how the rich stay rich. I don't know anyone who t- who goes the lengths I go to to save money. But I don't either, which is so funny. <laughs> I know. You're the cheapest wealthy person I know. I've said it before. I'm sure I'll say it again. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Have you ever thought, speaking of mirrors, everyone you meet is a mirror of you. Okay, Chaz. <laughs> you only see in others what is what you see in yourself. People say that, but then like, that's not true. Take the case of like Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein's not a fucking mirror because I think he's a monster. Neither is Jamie Spears. Like, that's, this is not true. I, that's true. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I guess it is. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Deep I'm easily defeated today. I can't. I don't have it in me to debate. I'm just def- I'm defeated. If you come up with something, let me know, though, because I would like to know if there is a better argument for that. Because I've heard people say it, and my retaliation is always the same. And the way of when you're, you're annoyed by someone or you're polarized – it's usually because you see that quality in yourself. Like if you don't like someone because 
for a certain reason, and then you have it. There's a new thing on the market. My friend just got it. I don't know what it's called, but it kills your sweat glands and your hair follicles in your armpits. Is it glycolic acid? Because I just saw... We have to get off TikTok. We have to stop talking about TikTok so much. I just saw a TikTok about this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I forgot. Your attention span is, I mean, on a different level today. <laughs> I'm really hungover. You, how many tacos are you ordering for dinner? When my date left last night, I, I was like blackout cooking tacos. <laughs> I have no tortillas left this morning. I'm like, did I eat all of my tortillas? They're all gone. I have two giant vats of taco meat in my fridge. I love tacos. I eat, I love tacos. This is not a personality trait. I think that's it. I think this is going to be a short episode. We started later, like we said, due to technical difficulties. And I just was lagging this episode, but it is what it is. I mean, this is life. These things happen. The show must go on. But we hope you enjoyed it. You're not even trying. Next week, if you're still hungover, you have to at least try. Espresso shot to the face. Yeah, I didn't drink any coffee. Yeah, like, this is why I don't uh, drink on Sundays, too, just because I like to start my week off strong, and I did not do that today. But tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow's a new day. I hope you have some more tacos. Think twice and maybe just like do a tiny little bit of research if you're about to buy something from Zara or Shein or Princess. Just look it up real quick. Quick little Google search. Labor practices. Sweatshops connected to these brands. Just think about it before you push purchase. And thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. We are at pleasestop.pod. We post our new episodes every single Thursday on both Apple Pods and Spotify and Anchor and everywhere you can find podcasts. We also post photos from the stories that we tell and little insider looks behind our episodes on our Instagram. Um, And if you enjoy the podcast, please send it to a friend who you also think would like it. Send it to your mom. Send it to your bestie who lives across the country or send it to the guy you're fucking to describe to him why you don't want to continue seeing him anymore. Um, this yeah. Every time we do our outro, it sounds like we have OCD. I do. This is my anxiety. I just don't know how to stop. <laughs> like we have to. I feel like this every time I listen to any podcast when they go through their like, don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm on this platform. And I'm like, this literally sounds like a, one of my old OCD rituals from my childhood, like just saying it as fast as you can because you know you have to get it out. Otherwise, it does kind of feel that way. Yeah, I had this special prayer. I was any, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Follow us on Instagram, like and subscribe on all of the apps, and we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Goodbye. Please stop. 